Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome, my friends, to tonight's Friday night spiritual night. Relax, let go, and be with Charles Show. Tonight, my friends, now is the time to be you, to be all of you. Let's let the music play a standing. Help us let go of the stress and anxiety and any frustrations from the week and celebrate with gratitude the successes, the inspirations, and the beautiful, wonderful, awesome you. Greetings and welcome, my friends, to tonight's Friday Night Spiritual Night. Relax, let go, and be with y'all show. Thank you for making us part of your mind, body, spirit experience. And tonight, my friends, now is the time to be you. We have been on a journey, my friends, in the past few weeks, really the past few months. (laughs) But in the past few weeks, we've really been on a journey with our Friday Night Spiritual Night. We had the beautiful show just, I think it was, uh, let's see, about two weeks ago, (laughs) where we talked about Christ, what is it really all about, our mission of that being of love was to eliminate the concept of sin from our consciousness and to create in us the power and awareness and wisdom to be all of who we are. And we talked about love and light versus hate and judgment. And if you haven't heard that show, go back and hear it. It really ties into what we're talking about. What we've been sharing, I feel like tonight's show has been building over the past few weeks, months, And I I realized the more I thought about it, the more I connected and meditated about tonight's message and tonight's spiritual experience. 
is building towards the central theme of what has been my life mission and my life experience. And I'm blessed and grateful for that. To be all of who I am. And to have examples in my life that really influenced me, mentored me, that I watched them being all of who they were and sharing that experience with me and it encouraged me and and gave me the strength and the healing to be all of who I am. And in my lifetime, one of the things that I've really been touched and blessed is by being able to be all of who I am to everyone I know and all the levels that make sense. I've had more friends and family and mind, body, spirit friends and family that have come to me and one of the things they have honored me by saying is, Charles, I see that you are all of who you are. I see you being all of you in every setting, in every group, no matter who you're with. And I want to be that way too. And I share with them the growth and the pattern of reaching and the the awareness and the experiences of reaching and being all of who I am has been a journey of healing and a journey of awareness and a journey of experience, which has blessed me with the ability to be all of who I am. And that's why my practice has been about relaxing the mind and body, letting go of fear and judgment, and being all of who you are. Relax, let go, and be. Be. Be free of fear and judgment. Be all of your talents, your inspirations, your experiences. Because here's the thing about it. When we, through our experience and our healing, become whole and become all of who we are, and we're always whole, we just have to be aware of that and accept it. But when we reach that place, And we are actively being all of who we are, sharing our experiences with those who understand and share unique experiences with us and with those who are hearing our experiences. And they'll even say, sometimes you share things, mind, body, spirit, physically what you've experienced, mentally what you've experienced, spiritually what you experienced with friends or family. And sometimes they'll go, wow, I've experienced that too. And other times they'll say, oh my gosh, I've never experienced that. I can only imagine. But thank you for sharing your experience because you're bringing me a knowledge. You're bringing me an awareness to all the different types of experiences that are out there. You're giving me awareness so that if I experience what you're experiencing now at a later time, I will be able to grow. I will be able to have some awareness. I can reach out to you and say, hey, you know, when I told you I had never had that happen to me, it's happened to me. And I have worked with people throughout my life from many different religious backgrounds, spiritual experiences, 
And certainly, every single individual in our life, regardless of whether we grew up with them or we lived in the same hometown with them or we went to the same church with them or we participated in the same politics with them, they're each, they're each individual. They're each unique. I've worked with so many friends and family that came from the same family and experienced many different things. Brothers and sisters that grew up together that have completely different awarenesses and experiences with how they experienced their lives or their childhood. In some cases, because their experience was uniquely different, they were treated very differently by parents, grandparents, family, friends, for whatever reason, and there can be lots of them. And sometimes they experienced very similar things, but their perception was uniquely different. And one of the challenges that we have as mind-body-spirit is that we're mind-body-spirit. Here in the third dimension, we are mind and body. What we experience in our lives from our perception deeply influences our perception of our world. And that's why when you experience things like judgment and hate and abuse and fears, conditioning and programming, which every one of us living humans have experienced very uniquely to our area of the world, country, continent, cities, little villages or towns that we live in. And I feel blessed that early on in my life, through some of the choices that came that came to be for me, like joining the Navy. At first, I wanted to be a chaplain. You know, we talked about that. I was going to be a chaplain, do all these things. I did different things, and it all worked out great, and I got to see and experience different things. And one of the experiences that to this day has influenced who I am and how I see this world was being in Columbia, South America. I was on a brand new ship, less than a year old, a destroyer, and we were there representing the United States. It was either Columbia's, I think it was Columbia's 200th birthday, something like that, some big happening for the country of Columbia and all these different navies from all these different countries were there. And they had these gatherings that you could sign up to be part of where you went and all these different navies, all these different sailors from around the world got together and had dinners, had some parties, you know, to, it was really good. the city put it on. It was really amazing, and and the first the first thing that was exciting was seeing and experiencing all these different people because there were navies from China and Japan and Russia and the UK and Canada and Australia. You know, around the world, there were countries that had sent their nev- their navies there, and we had this naval blockade. It was all beautiful, but the but the experience was being there with all of those people from all of these different cultures, religions, understandings, and 
And yet we all did have something in common, right? Because we were all there representing our Navy and representing our country, celebrating the birthday of this other country. And one of the experiences that came out of that experience was being able to, a, a smaller group from each Navy that wanted to participate, and some didn't allow it. <laughs> this was back in the early 80s. So, so some of the more oppressive governments like China and Russia, they didn't get to go. But others of us got to sign up, and we went with some people from Colombia, and they took us on a place where we knew we were going to go to a remote village in the middle of the Colombian jungles and spend a week with those people, helping them do whatever they did. Just, you know, we spent a week and we looked at it, you know, we're going to be camping, we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere type of thing. It was, it, it was a small little village that had one business, which was the store, the restaurant and the bar. And it had a couple shelves with literally like a few items on it. They did make meals every day at, a, at the different meal times, and they did have an alcohol that we weren't sure what it was. We did know whatever we ordered because we kind of had fun with it. We'd be like, we'll take some whiskey. We'll take some wine. We'll have a beer tonight. Whatever we asked for, it was the same thing. <laughs> and it was delicious, and it was super powerful, so we were very careful about our consumption. And what I learned in that week both with all those different people from the Navy and then going together with around 20 of us and going to this place and spending this week together in the middle of this village that probably had, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people spread out quite a bit and then a few, maybe about 50 or 60 that lived closely kind of around each other. In structures that I would say, obviously, was their permanent housing and how they lived and how they experienced life. But I can say that, that I, I was taken in by some people. We all were. And, you know, you get to be here. You get to be with this. And I was taken in by a lovely woman and her sister who had, her husband had died a few years earlier. And, and I helped her fix up some things. It was pretty, it was, she, I didn't speak any of her language. She didn't speak any of mine. Luckily, we had interpreters. <laughs> interpreters. That first night, we went around in the Navy and we gathered the people that could speak the other languages, and we kind of all got them together so that we could talk to each other. And certainly on this trip, we had interpreters with us. And she took me in, and one of the things that was interesting to me is that our little abode that we were staying in didn't actually have a roof. It had, like, these leaves and things over the top. And because of the time of year we were there where it was warm and it was and the weather was mostly nice, and if it did rain, it rained for like a couple minutes, and then you were, it was refreshing, and then you were fine. So we just be in this house and sleep in this house, and you'd look up, and you could see the stars and things from above the leaves above. But one of the things that changed my life forever was here were these people, and this was 83, so there was no computers and iPhones and iPads and any of that nonsense didn't exist yet. But they didn't even have a television. They had one rickety old radio that barely got sort of a station some of the time. They didn't have electricity. And being a child that grew up in the 70s in the United States, 
I was in awe of watching these people that ranged in age from babies and toddlers to in their 70s and 80s. And they didn't have any of what I would consider in my life that what was important to have to be happy, to be joyful, to be, you know, like, what the heck? I listened to a lot of music, you know, back in the days I even brought with me, which was very fascinating to some of the people I was with. I brought my Walkman with my cassette tape back at the time, with my cassettes. I used to record songs off the radio and and listen to them. And so I had that with me. And, and towards the end of the week, the batteries ran out. And gosh, be darned it, the little store did not carry batteries. <laughs> That's not a thing they did. So towards the end, it, it, it didn't make it the whole week. But I shared it with them. And I put it on. And, and they just giggle and laugh. Like I put on different songs. And they would just, you know, it, it was such a different experience but my observation and not just not just being observer not just sitting back and 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 watching all of this happen but literally for that week engaging with these people in their day-to-day lives was life-changing because they would they would get up in the morning and they would start doing things and Again, they didn't have the radios or the Walkman, so they would sing. They would sing little songs while they were doing things. They would sing songs and, and have conversations or build-ups to doing hunts or doing gatherings or doing cleanings that, that motivated them and, and, and engaged them not just with each other but with everything around them if there was a religion that they were living it was one where they were one with the land one with each other and always welcoming to every guest occasionally apparently this village would because it was a in the middle of a couple if you traveled a long distance blah 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 to these cities you know this tiny little village would be someplace where people just stop just from water or for some convenience and they learned about the outside world and the experiences, but they didn't miss them. They didn't want them. They had in their own lives this ability to be together and to live truly one with the land and to experience in their entire lives that connection of community and that connection with the land and that connection with the animals and the celebration of each other for their uniqueness and their talents. As you got older and you decided, you know, it was time for you to, to take on, you know, your job or your works that you were gonna do for the community, there was no set, you must do this and you must do that. There was a real mix of, of men and women and, and children. There was, there was an acceptance even then of anyone that was different or unique in a certain way, whether that be LGBTQ or trans or or just different in their way of expressing and being. And you were welcome to go out and hunt or go work the gardens or go do the laundry or help make all the beds. And it wasn't, you do what you, what you felt guided and what you experienced and what your talents and what you, and you weren't stuck with one thing. You can move around and do different things. And I did everything from helping make the beds and helping 
clean up dishes and things after their delicious meals, which were all made with fresh things found, gathered, or grown. And by the end of that week, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was like, I could see the rest of my life being ready. I knew I needed to, and I knew I was going to. But I didn't want to. A part of me thought, you know what? You could live the rest of your life right here <laughs> and experience and know and become aware of things that you'll never become aware of anywhere else. Remember these moments. Cherish these moments. And if I could, you know, sometimes I'll talk on the shows and I'll say, you know, there's, if I could make a soundtrack for tonight's show, if I could buy the rights to the music, <laughs> tonight's show would be, you'd be hearing Neil Diamond's B. You'd be hearing Emily Sondi's Breathing Underwater. And you'd be hearing John Denver's Looking for Space. And I remember as a kid in the 70s, when we were still buying those 45s and at the store, you'd save your allowance and that's how you were listening to music. A little bit, even a little bit before cassettes were coming out or widely used. And I remember picking up the, the 45 for Looking for Space, John Denver. And I remember at that moment saying to myself, wow, even at that age, and it, this was, I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to say I was 10 or 11 years old, maybe 12, maybe. And that song came out and I played it for my dad. And he heard it because when I like a song, it's still the case, when I like a song and it's my current number one, and I got to give a shout out, shout out to Noah Kahn, my daughter turned me on to his music. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's touching. And he's in my current number one, too. But I, whenever I had that, especially with those 45s, I'd play them again and again and again and again. And songs that I could sing to or learning later in my life when I was working with bands and stuff, we would uh, listen to those songs and sing along. And, and so my dad had heard it, but then I had it. He sat down and he really listened to it. And he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> Help me understand. And I was like, Dad, I want to because you know what? This is this is me. This is this is what even at my young age I feel like my life is about is looking for space, looking to try and understand, wanting to be all I can be. Wanting to look around and help others that even at that age I could see, because I was a kid that spent a lot of time with adults too, and I could see people that were struggling. And even as a kid, I would have family members that would just, I don't know what it was about me. It happens, you know, it's happened throughout my life. Wherever I go, whatever I do, people feel that sense that of compassion. I don't know, that sense of non-judgment, that sense of, of wanting to be more aware and understanding, and they will just share things. And I had family members that would share struggles they were going through, sometimes struggles with their spouses or their kids or their, you know, their own lives. And one of the things that I was quickly aware of is how much people struggle to just be who they are. And then when all the years I've done my works, I found it the same way. I found so often I'd be working with couples or family or close friends, and especially couples more than once, where they would I would see each couple individually and then I'd see them together. 
and they would each be sharing things with me individually that they never shared with their partner. And if, well, they're not sure what their partner would think about it if they knew this. <clears throat> and I knew more than once, <laughs> on multiple occasions, that what they were sharing, they would, they just needed to share it. And I would, I would work and facilitate for them coming together and sharing whatever that is, whatever that truth was. And in many, and 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 then there would be such joy and excitement when they realized and one was a couple that had been together over 30 years and they literally come come to me a bit in the beginning to quit smoking but then they decided to come and and work through things and they were very much in love with each other they'd raised their kids they were now in retirement and then they both shared some some physical desires that they wanted to share that they never experienced that they wanted to share and they were they were they matched in what they were sharing and what they wanted to experience together when i finally was able to talk with them and they were sharing it with each other they literally cut the session short <laughs> it was a bit of an interesting moment because they started sharing it and we still probably had a half hour 40 minutes to go and they were like we're we are ready to wrap it up no problem we'll pay for the whole time thank you we are so excited. We need that we have things to do. Be all of who you are. I worked with a World War II vet that I spoke of. I've spoken of him a couple different times. And whenever I share people's stories, I ask their permission to share it. And I always share it in a very generic way. And I promise that when I ask them to, especially if it's, if it's a more intimate piece. But when I worked with one of the World War II vets that I worked with who shared with me how he had gone through his life with his best friend and woman he would have married because they loved each other so much. And neither one of them had married because when he got out of World War II and he, he became an educator, she became an educator, they were working together at a base in Europe and they fell in love with each other. And they knew there was zero chance in their world as they were experiencing it that they would be able to be together. If they even were thought to have been being together, they could have ruined or hurt both of their careers. So they stayed friends for 50 years because he was white and she was African-American. And it was the 40s. And he didn't do that. We all live in that type of conditioning and program. Certain things in our society and our world have changed or morphed, or they seem to for a few years, right? Where we were welcoming equality, where we were celebrating the differences of each other where we were realizing that love, be it between different races, different genders, different countries, whatever, different religions, doesn't matter. Conditioning and programming. And some of the conditioning and programming that we have gone through in our lives that is educational and religious, even with the best of intentions, 
has had some of the most terrific results. And it's okay to be honest about what's real and what has been real in our world. And recently, a couple weeks ago, in Love and Hate versus Fear and Judgment, and again, when I talked about the crucifixion of Jesus, I talked about how, and we've talked about on the show a bunch, and I've, I've, I've had conversations with friends and some clients just this week who've listened to some of the shows and said, you know, I never really thought about it. I never really let it set in how often religious people of the same faith, because of being a different the Protestant versus Catholics and different types of Protestants and different degrees of Orthodox and non-Orthodox Jewish people, different degrees of Muslim and Islamic people, different degrees of even Buddhists who act in certain ways or fight with each other over things that are mind-boggling. And not just fight, kill, maim. Conditioning and programming. And we're two-thirds mind and body. So when you go on a journey of awareness and you want to broaden your experiences and broaden your understanding of the world, you have to challenge that conditioning and programming against or versus the actual experience of your life. And just recently, I had someone that said, I had a friend of mine, very close friend, won't say his name, but he'd been in the hospital, been struggling with some things, and we had some conversations and, and by phone and in person. One of the things he asked me, he said, so Charles, do you, do you still believe in God? And he goes, and I know you're spiritual. I know you believe in oneness. And, but he said, God is, you know, I grew up with this kind of Christian, you know, God is this, you know, very judging force, but, you know, caused all these wars, but also Jesus came from that, you know, and, and he's like, but I, I don't know that I believe that anymore. I think I believe in a one. I think I know that there's things that happen with our consciousness and our souls, but I, what I, what I started off believing, what I, what I as a kid would have accepted as a concept of my reality has grown and expanded to a place that I'm not sure that's where I am anymore. And I said, me either. I've grown. I've experienced that the love consciousness of the universe may have been the soul that came and was Jesus. Might that same soul also may have been Buddha, may have been other spiritual prophets and leaders and guides along the time. I've come to understand from my own experiences of dimensions and spirituality that in a sense, we're all aliens because of the souls that inhabit these minds and bodies. Because those souls come from all over the spectrum of spiritual experience and come here to experience being human. Come here to experience being in this mind and body and co-creating an individual, a community, and a collective world together. And the judgments and the fears including from religion, impact lives, impact generations. It was in the 70s. I was a kid when churches and governments, at least here in the United States, started to allow interracial marriage. I know one couple that I've become very close friends with. They're beautiful people. 
very religious and spiritual and very aware. Their religion has also grown by their spirituality and their experience. And they shared with me. Again, I think it for, the, for them it was back in the 50s, both being educators. Him being from originally from India, but his family had moved to the Polynesian Islands. And his wife being from Australia. When they met and fell in love, the only state in the country they could be in was Hawaii. Every other state, their love was illegal. And even when they moved and they ended up coming up into our area here, which is a little mix of awareness and, and, and not, <clears throat> they had some fears about how they would be treated, but because they were in an academic community that was more aware and more experienced and inviting of diversity, because we all live and thrive through diversity, they were more welcomed and appreciated than they thought. But I remember in the 70s when that was changing. We just recently in our country and in other countries around the world slowly been going, you know what, let's just make it that everybody's equal. And if you love each other and are of a consenting adult age, I think that's an important part. Some areas of the country or world don't think about, but that's also, yeah, but of a consenting adult age that you can love. And if you're in love and they're in love and you're being loving and you're spreading love and that love is creating goodness, awesome. And what we're seeing in our world today when we talk about love and light versus hate and judgment, when we talk about the impact of the lifetime of conditioning and programming through education and religion that we've gone through, that told us what was right and wrong and what was good and bad and what created in us a separateness instead of a togetherness, a we're better than. I remember starting my religious career with as a young youth pastor thinking that I had to convince everybody that my way was the right way, the way that I thought was right back then, I've now learned was, was, not, was, was a more of a programming than a reality. And it, then, I, then I grew, and I grew to knowing that, wait, What did Jesus say? Jesus said when his love touches somebody's heart, then they just become who they need to become. They become healed. They become whole. They reach out and they become aware and they experience life with that love flowing through them. And that's an individual experience. So even while I was still a youth pastor, I began to realize, wait, I don't have to tell people they have to be baptized in this religion or they have to accept God or the conception of religion in the way that I do. What I, what I can do is facilitate with, for them the connection to that awareness, that connection to both self and source. And then that connection will allow them to be all of who they are. And it will be different. And that is okay. And that is the difference between the love and light and hate and judgment battlefields that are going on, my friends, is on one side, love and light says, be all of who you are. By you being all of who you are and bringing your gifts and your awareness and your talents into our world and into your experience, you change it for all of us. 
And we know throughout the years, I've seen it and experienced it. Whether somebody is sharing their uniqueness in a sexual identity way, their uniqueness in a cultural way, their uniqueness in their belief systems or understanding, or their uniqueness in their spiritual experience, that if you listen with compassion, your experience changes with them. So many times in the early years of working in the LGBT community, I found out, I would hear from people, well, I don't know anybody in my family. I've never heard of it. I just don't even know. Don't you think that is this a, something that came lately? No. <laughs> Being unique and individual has been for hundreds of thousands of years. And we can now say that with confidence, that there have been human cultures, civilizations, ways of being, some that we know about nothing, but we also have discovered where they lived and where they worshiped and where they partied and where they loved on each other. And we can see, well, we don't know much about this, but they were experiencing, they were doing. And we know from all the studies, both in theology and history, that uniqueness in LGBT and trans and being uniquely individual has been a thing since the experience of being human has been a thing. We know that cultures, both Eastern cultures and Western native civilizations celebrated the uniqueness of each other. Just like that village I was in in the early 80s celebrated the uniqueness of each other, celebrated each person being who they were. And they didn't put labels on it. They didn't put them in a box. They didn't say, well, you're this or you're that, or you've got to be this. They just said, be you. And we love you. And you're part of our community. And how interesting and beautiful it is that you're being you. And what fear and judgment does is it pushes us down. What conditioning and programming does is it pushes us down. It hurts us in ways, mentally and physically, and it as well hurts our consciousness, hurts our awareness, hurts our ability to confidently and streaming with that love be all of who we are because we're afraid of the pushback. We're afraid if I say who I am and I be who I am, That's going to upset you or rock your world. Or worse, you're going to decide, I don't deserve to exist in this world. And there's a reality in our current world to that, especially if you live here in in our country where it's suddenly become a thing to just shoot the people that you somehow blame or somehow disassociate with, or somehow seen as less than you. Not that that's entirely new, because we've been doing it to thousands of years to each other. The difference is individuals are now feeling empowered to do it whenever they want. Generational damage. We've got work to do. And all across the country, and I see it with friends and family on social media, where they're sharing that there's fights going on on the local level over whether to bring awareness and experience and knowledge of each other and celebration of each other to our children and to our world, whether to empower our children to be able to speak out against bullies and also reach out to those who are victimized and be able to stand up in the moment for each other 
without fear of being killed for it? Generational damage, we got some work to do. Because while it seemed for a while that the world was coming into this place of celebrating all of who everyone was and having joy and recognizing the number of people throughout the world at different points in time that have been unique in very many ways, and some of them LGBT, some of them women, some of them with ethnic backgrounds that literally changed the courses of history through their talent. And many of them were then lost very quickly because of the world that they helped save turning against them because of their union. It's it's a true fundamental that is human, no matter what group you're in, no matter what community, no matter what box or label you've accepted and wrapped and become a part of or champion, even within those groups, there's better than and less than. It seems that as humans, part of the mind and body experience through that conditioning and programming, through that judgment, has throughout our entire history put us in a place where we can live on a different side of the lake or in a different state or have a different feeling about a, about a current topic of interest and suddenly be less than human to each other or less than important. We live in a world where now it's okay to call people snowflakes if they want to be about love and light and awareness. But it's funny because what I've observed happening is all of this name calling that does go on on both sides. It's like, you are snowflake, but if you say anything about me, I'm going to get really mad and I'm going to say a lot more bad things about you. (laughs) What's going on? What's happened? And I see it happening in every country around the globe. We have listeners from all over the world. I follow, I've always been a big studier of world history, and I study current world history and see that the struggles between love and light, which is just saying, let's love on each other, let's encourage each other, let's heal each other, let's have compassion for each other, let's lift each other up so that each other's inspirations and experiences and talents can be experienced by them in their lives and their families, and for all of us. It's a win-win-win. It seems so clear. It seems so easy. Why is it so hard? Because on the other side, light and darkness in our current way of seeing it, in this context, love and light versus hate and judgment. Hate and judgment says I must be better than you to be somehow good myself. I must be up here and you must be down here. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I must hate anyone that doesn't agree with me 100% or that has a different experience than I do. And if their experience isn't the same as mine, that experience doesn't exist. That experience doesn't real. It's not reality. When the opposite is true, it is reality. It does exist. Generational damage that needs to be repaired. And our souls come down here and they come down here to experience tonight. And I've I've talked about it in different ways. They come down to be part of Camp Earth. They come down to be, you know, I was talking to someone just the other day and I said, you know what, it's like an amusement park, right? You go, 
I spent some time in my life in Florida and and going to Disney World. And because of Florida resident, you could go at different times. And they had Disney World and they had Epcot and they had different things that you could visit and do. And we had friends that would come visit and we'd get these Florida passes and we could go to Disney World. And we would go in and, and everyone would want a different experience. And sometimes we'd do some things together. And then you'd have times when you'd say, you know what, you, you want to go ride these rides or do that, you go over here, we're going to go over there. We're going to go watch the parade or, you know, you get someone with you and, and they're, you know, what are the shows? You know, here we have a place called Silverwood right by us and I'll give them a free shout out because it's a beautiful, fun place to take your family and friends and they, and you get there and that's really expanded and there's water parks and magic shows and ice skate shows. And so some people get there and the first thing they do is, where, what are the, when are the shows? We got to go to the shows. Other people are like, I'm headed to the water park. Other people are like, I'm headed to the roller coasters. Other people are like, where, and that's me, by the way, where are the candied apples, the cotton candy, the popcorn balls, all the stuff that you're never supposed to eat, that you can eat all day long and then wonder why you're sick later. <laughs> we all have our thing. They're all there. If you want to go down the water slides a hundred times and you love it, wonderful. I'll be on the lazy river with my cocktail and my popcorn. <laughs> Enjoying that. And that's Okay. And somebody else is over here, and it's all right. And everyone has a good day, and you have stuff. We're all going to get together and have lunch. We're all going to get together. Yeah, we'll all go to the magic show together. We'll all do this. And then, then kids, you do that, and then we'll meet up here. And, and, and it's all okay, right? You don't say to somebody, what? You're going to go on the water slide? You're a water slider? <laughs> that doesn't exist. What? You want to go on the roller coasters, huh? You want to kill yourself on a roller coaster? Bye. Buh. Don't want anything to do with you. We don't act that way, do we? But somehow, in our world, we act that way. Somehow, in our world, it's okay to judge each other, smash each other, hurt each other, even when you are on the side of right. Because you know what? It's about the side of right. Everyone's on it from their perception. Everyone's on it from their perception. And if you feel because of your awareness and your experience, if you've experienced something somebody else has, and you know because of your experience what you've experienced and someone else hasn't, when you share with, when you share with love and confidence your experience, they, they, they can't have the same connection to it as you but if, if we listen with compassion, we can understand each other and we can bring awareness to each other. We can bring experience to each other. And there's times, and then we see it now across our country and across the world, that we have to stand up, that we have to go out together and say enough is enough. And we want equality and we want freedom and we want love to be loved. It's, and, and you know that there are concepts that are going on in this world that are against women that are against LGBT, that are against different religious groups, regardless of where, who they are. There's some part of the world that hates you. Generational damage. When I was growing up, and I say it on some of my social media pages, through exposure in different religious ways, 
a family ways, however you want to put it. I did have exposure to the spirituality, the dimensions, the more than there's more than meets the eye to spirituality and to the paranormal. I also had a real upbringing in the concepts of Jesus, the concepts of loving each other, the concepts of doing what you would do for the least of these, the least of these, the ones that the ones that are getting beat up, put down, pushed around, those are the ones that you need to step up. And it really is curious to me that on the, truly, there's no other way to put it, those that are in hate and judgment, those that are, that are really pushing my way or the highway, also are the ones that are about individual, they claim to be. <laughs> I'm about individual rights, except for these things, which I really want and everybody else should do exactly the same way. Okay, that sounds like a thing. Sounds like you got a little bit of a struggle going on there. Let me help you come through it. What you do to the least of these. And I knew about Jesus, and I knew about Elijah, and I knew about different people, even in my contemporary generation, that I care so much about, like the Dalai Lama, Reverend Tutu. People that I didn't grow up with, but anyway, but their concepts really touched me, like Buddha, and Jesus. And then there became someone that in my life, the timing was right. I was a teenager. And when I think to myself, from my perception, from my reality, who inspired me in my generation, in my, my life? And it certainly was people like my mother, my grandfather, my sisters, my daughter, many families and friends that touched my life. The Reverend Leroy Elbers, who I've talked about so much, who was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and evangelist who I worked with for a number of years and who touched my heart and my life in so many ways. And, and as well, broke from some of his, in a sense, broke from some of those religious standards or ideas to the letter of the law, but for sure, but also not really because one of the things that Seventh Adventist at a core believe is you're not supposed, you're not allowed to, and, and you have no ability to, nor should you judge anyone else. You should just encourage them to have that love and that consciousness in their life and let that transform them in the ways that's best for them. And he lived that and he shared that with me. But another person that I saw and admired as I read about his life, and then, my gosh, even more so in awe of and, and saw as an example of how to be in all the rest of the years that I've watched him be all of who he is. And I don't care what your politics are. Or religious beliefs one way or another. But there's one person, and it's interesting because I'm not the only one that thinks it. And there are people on all sides of the political spectrum that will say the same thing about the person I'm about to say. And that's Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, who started his life as a peanut farmer, worked his way through college, went to Annapolis, became a commander of a naval ship, came back to his home area and wanted to make a difference, wanted to make a change, believed in helping the least, believed in doing what you can do, not just here in America, but around the world for those who need it the most, and served as a governor, a governor 
that while on campaign was out and, and in the middle of the daylight with thousands of witnesses observed a UFO that he knew was a UFO because he had served as a commander of the U.S. Navy and had been out there doing things. And, when, and that was one of the things that he didn't shy away from. He was always who he was. You could laugh at him. You could make fun of him. You could say that he was old folksy. He once got in trouble for doing an interview where he said that he felt in his heart that he had cheated on his wife because at one point he had had a thought in his mind about somebody else. He'd never physically done anything, but one time he had a thought in his mind and he realized in that moment, I love her so much and I want to be with her and I want to be good for her. And, and he confessed that and people made fun of him. For confessing that yes, he too had strayed, even if only in his mind, and that's a human. But then, regardless of your politics or your thought of his presidency, I've told many people in my life, the only two normal human presidents, and what I mean by that is not backed by crazy and money and, 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 and troubles in the bubble sometimes, but the two most humans that, to me, in my experience, were Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter served right next to each other, both served in crisis times, and, and both were, you know, if you followed politics at the time, Jimmy Carter was never supposed to get it, he wasn't going to get it, but then it's what he's done since. So he was president. Now he could go home, he could kick back, he could build a big presidential library, he could do whatever he wanted. And he did. He actually changed the history of presidential libraries because he became the first person to create a presidential library that was a functional something that went around the world to one, provide fair elections and help in creating fair elections, and two, to provide help for those that needed it the most in those countries where food and medicine and compassion were needed. And since him, every single president has created a functional presidential library that actually does something besides be a place where you can go look at pretty pictures and, and old chairs. But more than that, throughout his life, well into his 90s, he spent time going around the country building houses for people who needed it. And not just showing up with the press and hammering a few nails and then the press goes away and now he's going to munch on a sandwich on the sideway, eat a little peanut butter sandwich, right? No. He went out and he worked as an ex-president, side by side with other humans and built houses and did it a lot, not just on the weekends. He taught Sunday school. Next president sat down with people and, and, and I'm sad that I never got to do it. I was gonna do it and I missed it and now I've missed it and it's one of the things, one of the experiences I'll be sad about. But and then sat and, and taught Sunday school every week when he was in town, when he was home, to whoever came. And then didn't just teach the Sunday school, but took moments to sit and chat with each person and offer a prayer if he needed, or a smile, or a picture, or a hello. And the stories are that you weren't rushed either. He wanted to take some moments with you. A few years back, I remember someone sharing on social media that he and Roslyn were flying to somewhere 
to do some Habitat Humanity stuff. And he was flying on a commercial plane. And the plane got delayed from taking off. And there was, there was a lot of, you know, it's going to be a rather long delay. And he got up from his seat and he went back and he spoke with and shook hands and chatted with everyone. And there were those along the way that stopped him and said, you know what? I know your mother and your brother died of cancer. My mom's going through cancer right now. And he sat and prayed with them. And this wasn't unique either. It became as someone caught it on camera for the first time. It became something that he was well known for doing. Being all of who you are. Some people call them a ignorant, backwards peanut farmer. I had no business being anywhere near the White House. <laughs> Some people attacked his family, his brother, his mother, as, as the world does. He never sought retribution. He never went after those people. He focused his time, his talent, his inspiration on the difference he wanted to make in the world. Didn't matter what anyone else said. Didn't, didn't matter what anyone else said that a, how an ex-president should behave or made fun of any of the things he said or did. He was who he was and is today. I should say is, but we know he's in his last moments. And the impact he made on this world, and that's another thing people across the spectrum will absolutely agree with, is the changes he made and the lives he touched in the many years, the decades since being president. We could only hope as individuals to touch that many lives. Being all of who you are. Standing up for those who are the most oppressed or downtrodden. Allowing yourself to be healed from the fear and judgments in your life so that you can be all of who you are and allow those that don't agree or don't see it that way, that haven't experienced yet, that's okay. Let my love light shine. Let my inspiration be strong. Let me being all of who I am empower you to do the same and when you have an experience and you have a connection and you have an awareness you'll reach out in the meantime i'll be compassionate and loving and in every way i can try to share my experience of being all of who i am not just so you can say oh charles or oh boy you went through that oh my gosh that was tough no so that all those that went through it too know they're not alone. I share very openly about things that happened in my childhood that none of my parents were part of. Things that they didn't even know about two years later. But by sharing my story, I empower others that went through that abuse to also be strong. By sharing my spiritual awareness and growth from 
Christianity to Buddhism to Druidism to just spirituality and being one with the world and one with the planet and one with all with each other. Empowered. Sharing my experience of being a bisexual man and the experiences that that has led to in my life with the partners in my life that have been amazing from my wife to my current partner. Empowering others to be all of who they are. You're not me. You're you. And you have things that are uniquely you. And you have things that you think if anybody else knew about it or understood it or was aware of it, you would be less than. Let go. Let go. And it's true when we live our experience, when we live our love, when we live our awareness, there are going to be those that haven't experienced it. But when we share it in a loving and compassionate and awareness way, it doesn't matter. I've had people that I've shared experiences with, like Charles, I just don't know. I've never experienced anything like that. Okay, I get it. I'm not asking you to, to have this in this moment of my sharing the same experience that I had. That's not possible. But maybe through sharing my awareness, you're going to be more aware in a moment when you, when you experience something, you're going to reach out and that's happened. And we can see it in certain ways. We just need to apply it in all the ways. If you're a parent right now who has never lost a child, be grateful. I know people, including my wife, that lost her son. And, and she never fully recovered. And I can only imagine. Just because I haven't lost a child doesn't mean I can't have compassion for people who've lost children. Doesn't mean that I can't with listen and experience, and there might be some guidance, and I offered her some guidance a few times and said, you know, here are some ways that I know of that you can work through grief. Here are some ways you can do this, but you know what you really need? You really need a group of, you need a support group of other people who've lost children. Because only you, only you and they share an experience that is uniquely yours. And there's going to be things that you experience that I cannot imagine. Even though I was close to him, he was my daughter's brother. And there was real pain when he was hit by a car and killed. It was not the same. So we can, we can take an example like that and we can agree, right? That, okay, you're right. People experience things I haven't. And until I do, I don't know. I know people that lost their parents when they were children. For a number of years, I still have some of my parents with me, and some of them have passed. I know someone my same age who has lost her mom, her stepdad, her dad, her stepmom, or yeah, stepmom, her sister, and both of her stepbrothers. She is the only surviving member of her immediate family. Now, she has aunts and uncles, but still. (laughs) I know some people that grew up because they grew up in the adoptive uh, foster care system that never got adopted and they have no family. I know other friends who have taken the move, made the moment, decided that they're going to be proactive, and I have a a really good friend of mine who has taken it on himself, him and his wife, to adopt children in their teenage years, even up to 17 years old, 
for the pure fact that then they have a family. Bravo. Well done. We each have ways that if we believe in all of who we are, if we have and allow the inspirations in our life, a lot of the things in the world may seem like too much. But there's, there's ways that we can make differences in our world by being all of who we are, by being in love and light, by standing up for those who need it, for those that are oppressed, for those that are knocked down, for teaching our children and our grandchildren and our community that we need some love and respect for each other. And we need, if we can stop bullying when it starts, if we can stop bullying each other so that our kids don't see it as the way of life, if we can start celebrating and welcoming diversity and those that have experienced something more than us, because the only way we find out more about the one, the only way we find out more about the universe, the only way we find out more about our experience, the only way we might just get off the tilt of world and decide to try a roller coaster is if we're with somebody. I can't tell you how many roller coasters I did because I had a daughter that wanted to do roller coasters. I was like, all right, we'll do it. Okay, that wasn't so bad. That was kind of fun. Thank you for coming with me or for forcing me. There were times she knew. She knew, Dad, I'm going to, you know, we got to drive this roller coaster that takes a picture. And their pictures were always smiling, making faces, making their hands. My, my picture at one time with Brandon, her brother that would later pass, Brandon and I were in the front seat. Felicia and her friend were in the back seat. They were making their poses. Brandon and I were screaming and hanging on for dear life. That was our picture. Experiencing the same ride. For both of us, it is a very valid experience. <laughs> and I had people later that day that got on the roller coaster, and I even heard them. There were these two kids, you know, a little bit older teenage boys or something, I don't know, 14, 15. And as we were, at times the lines were going way down and you could just jump on. And so I was jumping back on because we were trying, you know, going to do another picture, different things. And these guys were like, wait, it's him. And I heard him, it's him. What? And then as the roller skirt, I heard them say, we have to say, because he screamed, he, and he literally said these words, he lives this roller coaster. <laughs> and his screams are so hysterical. <laughs> we got a ride behind him. I want to experience this ride with him. Because he's doing it his way. And it, it is, to them, funnier than that. To me, I was screaming. <laughs> but I was enjoying it. But it was the same ride. And it didn't bother me that the people behind me were kind of chuckling a bit and wanted to get in the car because others were going to scream all the way through. And maybe kind of chuckle, maybe kind of smile, maybe kind of know that in every way and from the smallest of ways to the biggest of ways, if you be all of who you are, people will become attracted to just that. Why? Because they too want the ability to be all of who they are. How simply profound is that? And my friends, tonight I'd like to take us into a meditation experience together. 
a deep guided meditation spiritual experience to connect your mind and body and spirit to all of who you are free of judgment and fear and struggle allowing yourself to know that there's been moments in your life that you have been hurt there's been moments in your life when you've spoken your truth or your confidence or your love and it's been attacked or you've been told that that's the way you believe oh my gosh do you you're you're gonna burn in the lake of fire forever if you believe that if you love that person for that reason oh my gosh the God that created us all and created you and created the love somehow somehow is going to judge you for that and we've had so much conditioning and program and judgments in our lives that it's impossible my friends to be untouched by it we're all touched by it every day intentionally and unintentionally by people around us the core decision that we have is what we're going to do with that if we're going to allow it to consume us if we're going to allow it to eat away at us if we're going to allow it to cause us to shrink back or blow out our light or say okay that's it I'm never going to share my experience again then or does it challenge us to find a way with inspiration and compassion and wisdom to truly be all of who we are to truly stand up for the basic philosophy that each of us is a beautiful creation each of us has the potential to be the best or the worst at any moment and each of us has the power to bring compassion and love into our lives and bring healing and compassion and love into the lives around us and before we go fully into our meditation tonight I've got to say a beautiful thank you, gratitude, love to the book Elizabeth Petraeus, whose beautiful music that you hear on the show and that you can hear any time that you desire at heartsoundsbyelizabeth.com. She has albums of beautiful meditation music you can listen to as much and whenever you want. She also has a little tip jar there where you can say thank you, Elizabeth, and you can purchase music. You can also listen to her beautiful music on many streaming services including Sirius Radio so check her out and listen to that music when you need to meditate when you need to relax allow Elizabeth to be part of that beautiful process for you she has created so many combinations of nature music harps flutes crystal bowls that bring beautifulness into your spiritual experience I'd also like to say thank you for all of you that are listeners and for those of you that have reached out and said that this show has touched you in some ways, we enjoy hearing from you. We enjoy you sharing your experiences. We enjoy you sharing if you need some prayers or you need some love or you've got an idea for a show. We've got lots of ideas from our listeners writing in. And you know what else? We're very grateful for those of you that have taken a moment over this past year when we've been back now, almost two, year and a half, I don't know. We've been back. And you've reached out to us and you've said, Charles, we'd like to support the show. We'd like to support the mission of bringing this kind of compassion and love and spiritual experience around the world to those who need it the most. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, friends, for that. And you can just send an email to relaxletgobe at gmail.com and say, Charles, here's what I can do. I can make a one-time donation. Thank you. This show touched me. That show influenced my family or my life, and, uh, and I want to thank you for it. There are those that have also very beautifully decided, you know what, I can become a monthly supporter. I can, I can for a few months, however long it works for you, I can, I can do 25 or $50 a month and it helps the show and it helps the mission. And it's easy to do. You send us an email, we send you the info. It's all beautiful and easy and thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. And we've had some guided meditations. A lot of our guided meditations are about love and light. Relaxing, we did, on Monday we did, you know, just a total relaxation for the mind and body. Tonight we're going to let the music play us out. I'm going to go into the guided meditation, spiritual experience for you, and facilitate an opening and a connection where you can connect with your mind and body and spirit. We can allow yourself to feel and know and experience letting go of the fear and judgment, letting go of the hurt, letting go of the trauma. And if you've experienced deep hurt and deep traumas in your life or deep abuse that you have not dealt with in a mind and body and spirit way, my friends, reach out in your community with your professionals. Love yourself enough to bring yourself the healing that you need whether that's for your body, or your mind, or your heart. Allow yourself to go on a journey tonight where you're going to, to the deepest experience that you will allow yourself. Experience love, joy, and inspiration. just taking a few moments and allowing yourself to become relaxed, allowing yourself to take a few moments and just be in a place of gratitude. Let go of any stress or anxiety or frustrations. For a few moments, be grateful for all of the things in this moment that you do have in your life. And maybe you're in a place of struggle. Maybe you're in a place of being lost. Maybe you're in a place where, whether it's financial or work or family, things have become very tough. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like you've made some poor choices in your life and that you've damaged yourself or your life so much that there's nothing redeemable left. Or that if anybody knew about your experience, they would judge you unworthy of any of the love or compassion or talents that you wish to offer to this world. My friends, the truth is that lie is so hideous and horrific. Because the truth is, when you share your experience, your struggle, the times when you made choices that challenged your life in ways that you feel grateful to be alive today and I've worked with clients and family and friends that feel like 
those there were moments like that in their life, whether because of drugs or alcohol or other addictions that went too far and overtook them and they damaged the people around them and they damaged their own life and there's no chance of being better. You're just locked into being this victim of addiction or this victim of abuse or this victim of trauma or this victim of rape or this victim of judgment and attack whether in your life as a child or your life as an adult. Maybe you've had those moments in your life where you have felt that if anyone knew your experiences, they wouldn't even be want, want to be around you anymore. And my friends, the opposite's true. Whether you're deep in your experience right now of struggle or you've made it through that struggle, there are people that you will be able to relate to, that they will be able to connect with you, that you will understand their struggle because you went through it and you're on the other side. And if you're in a place right now of struggle or addiction or judgment or fear and hurt is so bad in your life that it's causing you pain and it's causing you stress and it's causing you to feel less than everyone else around you, reach out. Reach out and ask for that love and that compassion. And know that when you've experienced things whether it is abuse, whether it is some of the most terrific things that we could imagine in our life. We shared on Wednesday's show, we did a couple shows about people who lost someone so horribly and horrifically in their life. Whatever your experience is, my friends, there are those out there in this world that your compassion, that your love, that your healing will help heal. That you're sharing all of who you are and all of what you've experienced and all that you know and then being aware enough to own your own perception. When I was 10 years old, I perceived life this way because of this conditioning, because of this programming, because of my limited awareness and experience at that time. When I was 19 years old, I saw life just a little bit differently. Way different than that nine-year-old boy did. Thought I had so much more figured out, and boy, was I more in track with who I wanted to be and what I wanted to experience. And then that 29-year-old got to look back at that 19-year-old and said, oh boy, you had so much more awareness and experience coming. And then in my case, I've become 39 and 49, and this year, 59. And I've shared with everyone in my life, celebrate your years, celebrate your awareness, celebrate your experiences. Don't be, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm turning 30. 30s were awesome. 30s were beautiful. 30s were when everything I thought I knew when I was nine and 19 to 29 started to really start to truly make some sense. 40s were amazing. 50s has been wonderful. Welcome the growth and the experience and the awareness. Look back at yourself over the years, not with judgment, but with compassion, with gratitude. Hey, nine-year-old Charles, 
Thumbs up, buddy. Look where we're at now. Back then, you began to have an idea and a conception. We've come a long way, baby. And so of each one of you, each one of you who is out there today, you've learned, you've experienced, you've grown. There's been moments of awareness and those aha moments where you go, wow, this was a wow moment. This changed everything. I'm a whole different person now. And then the next week happens. And you're like, oh, yeah, that thing I forgot. <laughs> Got to remember that now. Give yourself permission to celebrate yourself. To love your accomplishments. To love the struggles that you have overcome and the challenges in your life and the experiences and awarenesses that are going to come in each moment and each day. And the more you're open, the more you're aware, the more that you welcome experience into your life, you welcome growth, you welcome love and joy for your life, you welcome love and joy for your family and friends, and you welcome love and joy for your community and world. So for a few moments, just relax. We've been playing some of that relaxing music and coming into the sounds. And get yourself in just a comfortable, relaxed place. Breathe in some soothing relaxation and peace. Breathe out some judgments and fear. Breathe in some love and inspiration. Breathe out anxiety and stress. Breathe in gratitude and prosperity. Breathe out frustration and strain. Breathe in peace and wisdom. Breathe out darkness and negativity. Allow yourself to be in the flow of this relaxing breath, this beautiful peace. This relaxing, peaceful energy that is flowing deep into your mind and body and spirit and allowing you to just relax and be peaceful. Nothing to think about, nothing to do. Just allowing the sound of my voice, the sounds of nature, the beautiful sounds and tones of nature to just bring you relaxation and peace. Nothing to think about, nothing to do. In this moment, just allowing yourself to be in the flow of love, the flow of inspiration, flow of peace. Allowing yourself to reach deep inside, to connect with the breath of stillness, Connect with the energy of peace. For a few moments, letting go of any hurt, of any judgment, of any struggle. For a few moments, allowing yourself to experience and know the awareness of forgiveness. 
forgiving yourself for the moment where your experience and your awareness weren't where they were today. Allow yourself to know that in each moment you were doing the best that you could do. To know in the moments when people were hurting you. Hurting you with their words. Hurting you with their fists. Hurting you in ways that truly challenged your experience of self. Hurting you in ways that you were so young or inexperienced or unaware that you weren't even realizing what was happening, but you knew it wasn't wasn't good and you and you had to run away and you had to hide in your mind and you had to hide in your awareness and you had to hide in your reality because it hurt so much. And allow yourself to know and experience and be aware deep in your heart, in your soul, that anyone that hurts you in your life, they were doing it because of their hurt, they were doing it because of their addiction, they were doing it because of their ignorance, their selfishness. their brokenness in those moments. It had nothing to do with you and the beautiful soul of love and life that you are. Allow yourself to feel and engage and be in the flow of this love and this light and this connection with your soul. Connection with the part of you that came to experience this ride of being human. The part of you that knew there was going to be struggles and there were going to be moments when it was too much and there were going to be moments when it seemed really tough. But the remembrance and the awareness and the power of healing and becoming all of who you are. The experience and the awareness of learning and growing and sharing that learning and sharing that growth and sharing that love was worth the struggle. The knowing that as brightly as your light and your love and your talent shine, and as much as you want to reach out and be there for everyone in all the ways that you can be, that there are some that know not what they do. That out of jealousy or ignorance or truly diabolical intention will try to hurt. push back or discourage allow yourself for a few moments to be in the flow of this healing loving peaceful living allow yourself to feel it flowing deep into your mind deep into your consciousness and every awareness and every moment and every memory releasing any stress and anxiety any hurt. Allowing yourself to sense and experience and be in the moment of your strength, of your wisdom, of your inspiration.
knowing that you can easily allow yourself to experience the depth of love and wisdom and connection that your soul has to every part of your life. In this moment, as a third dimensional human being, we are connected to all that is around us. Our awareness, our experience, our energy flows out into every person around us. Into our animal babies and our animal world. Into all of nature. And that flow of our energy and our experience and our emotions flowing out, there's also the connection, emotion, and love and life of the world flowing back to us. When we allow ourselves to be aware, we awesomely in that moment are aware of the connection and the flow between the spiritual and the soul and the ground and the earth. Between the love and the compassion of the one that strongly exists in each of our hearts. The connection to all that's beautiful around us and all of the life and love and experience that's there to help us grow, to help us heal, to help us connect. Allow yourself for a few moments to be in the flow of this beautiful, peaceful energy. It flows through all the chakras of your body. For all those energy centers in your top of your head, your third eye and your forehead, around your throat to speak your truth, in your heart, where your emotions and love and hurt and healing. Through your abdomen and solar plexus, it carries all of the energies, your body, your digestion, all that stress and anxiety that runs through your body and your physical body and your life down to your root chakra that connects your torso with your legs and connects you to the beginning of ground. Your chakra around your knees and all the way down to where your feet connect with the ground below you. Allow yourself to be in the flow of this energy, the flow of this light, the flow of this peace. Allow yourself to sense and feel this energy as it heals the parts of your mind and your body and your heart. Allow yourself the wisdom and flow of awareness that brings to you the experience of being free of judgment, free of fear, free of hurt. Allow yourself for a few moments to just be in the flow of love and peace and inspiration. Of remembering all the ways 
that you've experienced so many beautiful things in your life. That your struggles, that your challenges, that the frustrations that you've overcome brilliantly and beautifully allow you to facilitate the journeys of others. In a world where it seems like there's so much negativity and darkness and hate and judgment, where generational damage has caused so many to feel empowered to do such horrible things and it seems like too much in this moment allow yourself the love, the inspiration, the wisdom of your soul to know that there are ways and talents and inspirations that you can bring to life that when you let go of fear and judgment of frustration and struggle of stress and anxiety You allow the flow of inspiration and wisdom, of joy and healing, of love and compassion. Allow this to be a moment of kindness for yourself. Allow this to be a moment for your soul, your consciousness, wraps you in a beautiful light love hug. It says, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You think you're weak? Your strength is what brought you here. You think you're broken? Your wholeness is what helps you heal. You think you're lost. Inspiration and wisdom are always flowing into your consciousness and mind. In this moment, in this meditation, in this spiritual experience, 
welcome love. Welcome healing. Welcome compassion. Allow a reunion of your mind and body and spirit. Reminder, allow a reunion of your wisdom and peace and strength. Allow yourself in this moment to go even deeper than you ever have before. To allow yourself to open and allow the healing, soothing, peaceful life, the soothing, peaceful energy to move into every muscle and cell, every system of your body. To move deep into your consciousness, to every memory, every thought, every hurt. Allow yourself to feel the compassion and the love and the peace that flows from the source that connects us all, the source that we're all part of. Every living thing on this planet, every soul and dimension, from the stars to the grasshoppers, from the clouds to the lion, from our sun and moon. a beautiful flower. For a few moments, allow yourself awareness to all that's your soul, that's your life. That your reality is connected to. Allow yourself to love and compassion in this moment, the healing and wisdom, the strength and inspiration that is flowing in and through all of your mind and body and spirit, all of your consciousness, all of your awareness, all of your reality. your experience, your awareness, your wisdom to all of who you are, to all of who you can be, to empower you with the strength and the wisdom and the compassion to be all of you, all of your talent, all of your inspiration, all of your experience. 
I love you, my friend.